Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, I have a number of Trump things to discuss, and I don't like discussing them, but he is everything in the news right now, and these items have to be explored and and talked about, uh, or I would be remiss, and you would be remiss in not hearing more things about it. What I want to start with was not part of my prearranged program for tonight. I just finished, as many of you did, watching on television, the Ninth Circuit Court presentation of the issue on uh, the ban, the Muslim ban, the immigrants, and everything else. I, I was impressed. Let me tell you something. Most states do not permit cameras in the courtroom. Why, I don't know. I think it's because the judges are reluctant to have them. Sometimes they get screwed up a little bit or they get upset and they don't want the public to know how they can berate the hell out of everybody in the courtroom. We should have the cameras in there. The people have a right to know. They should know how their justice is handed out. I was impressed with the fact that the three judges who are hearing this, one's in Hawaii and two are in two different states on the mainland, and the several uh, lawyers are involved there in different states, and they're all hooked up by telephone doing this appeal. Cool. Okay, what's going to happen? My guess, I'm a retired lawyer, my guess, it's going to be a two-to-one decision in favor of the state of Washington. It should have been 3-0. However, one of the judges, and I don't know which one it was, uh, got off on a kick. Judges sometimes in these appellate arguments will ask a question that has absolutely nothing to do with the case. But uh, he got a, in his mind, all of a sudden he says, oh, what about this? And he sticks with it. This was one of the two male judges. He sticks with it, and he sticks with it, and he keeps questioning the attorney about it, and he's way the hell out in left field. The issue does have nothing to do with the case. The lawyer tries to bring him back. It's almost impossible when this happens. Uh, the, particular, the Washington state lawyer in this case says, Judge, I didn't even think about this. I didn't research or prepare it. Didn't think it was an issue. And the lawyer's right. <laughs> but the judge doesn't realize it, and he throws everything into turmoil. And if he continues thinking this way when the three judges sit down on the telephone tonight and tomorrow to resolve this matter, to decide, going to lose his vote. So I see it as a two-to-one, and I hope that within the next five years, all our courtrooms have cameras. The public should be brought inside. That simple. Now, into my prepared program for tonight. The first several items have to do with President Trump. They're going to be quick hits. Number one, he went on the telephone a week ago Saturday, do you recall? And he talked to the presidents of several countries. He talked to the prime minister of Australia, okay? One of our closest allies, Australia, been our friends forever. And this was supposed to be a one-hour call. It said that Trump hung up on the prime minister of Australia after 27 minutes. No way for two leaders of two major countries in the world to communicate, 
Trump can't shit on everybody. You don't defecate on your equals. The other thing is, that same day he talked to Putin. Uh, now, what they talked about, none of us know. It, it was reported, it was just a cordial conversation, no issues were discussed. But whatever it is, you've got to remember, this is his friend, this is Trump's friend, Putin. They had a cordial call. Both of them reported that Saturday after the telephone call. The next day on Sunday, Putin sent the Russian troops further into the Ukraine. He renewed his invasion of the Ukraine. He started moving his troops from the east into the western Ukraine. Now, what went on in this telephone conversation? Did they discuss the Ukraine at all? Uh, If they didn't, then I've got to assume that Putin walked away saying, this Trump's an ass. (laughs) I'm going to do what I want. He's a piece of cake. I don't know. (laughs) I wish we all knew. Keep Trump away from the telephone, as well as tweeting. I want to talk about Trump, Putin, and judges. Trump respects Putin. Trump disrespects judges. I will repeat. Trump respects Putin. Trump disrespects judges. You can't argue with that, that, that statement, those two statements. This I find hard to understand. I don't know why. A guy who's an animal sitting out there in Russia that's responsible for so many deaths that hates the United States is a troublemaker. That's his friend. He respects him. Judges who are busting their asses all over the country and give us democracy, he disrespects them. Uh, I sometimes wonder if it's all the lawsuits that he's been involved in, because every time he does a job, it seems he tries to screw his the people who sell him products or work as his subs out of their full fee. There's always something wrong. Uh, my understanding is he's got something like, uh, I don't know, 5,500 lawsuits pending right now <laughs> on all the jobs all over the world. Uh, wild, wild. But he don't respect judges, but he does respect Putin. Want to talk about Dodd-Frank. The banks gave us 2008. They started screwing around the banks in 2006 and 2007, playing games with money and banking and home mortgages especially, and gave us the recession of 2008, the second biggest recession in the history of this country. To put it in perspective, the 2008 recession resulted in 9,300,000 mortgage foreclosures. Can you imagine 9.3 million families put out of their homes? It also resulted in 2.5 million jobs being lost, 2.5 million jobs. Well, Obama came into office, and by 2010, he had in front of him the Dodd-Frank bill to sign, which he did sign. The purpose of Dodd-Frank was to regulate the banks and impose regulations on them so 2008 could never happen again. The American people could never be screwed the same way again by the banks. Very effective. Now comes 2017, uh, seven years later. All right. Trump signs an executive order working to release these strenuous regulations from the banks, as he puts it. And he's asked his Treasury Department to revise the Dodd-Frank regulations. How can it be in seven years the banks learn their lesson? If They can never learn their lesson. 
you should never take these rules and regulations off of them because the people who suffered are the 9 million who lost their homes and the 2.5 million that lost their jobs, while the banks have gone on to make a shitload of money. You can't argue with me. Since 2007, they made a lot of money. And uh, it's going to happen again. You take the regulations off the banks so they can be free. They, they're whores. They're pigs. None of them can make enough money. You look at the, the salaries the CEOs grab and the hierarchy, the hierarchy of these banks. These guys are making three, four, five, twenty million dollars a year. Some of them get bonuses of twenty to forty million dollars a year. Well, in excess of nine million people lost their homes via foreclosure, and two and a half million people lost their jobs. Let's talk about Yemen. We had this incursion. We raided Yemen last week. Uh, I don't know if we ever raided Yemen before, but we raided Yemen last week. This was Trump's first incursion into a a war, a war-like activity. He had to authorize. He was the final authority to permit these men to go in. They were going in because they said they were after an al-Qaeda chieftain. They wanted to get him, and they went into this uh, al-Qaeda compound. Well, it turned out not to be a successful raid. We lost one American soldier. We lost a $75 million aircraft. Several innocent citizens were killed, one an eight-year-old girl, and we killed 14 uh, al-Qaeda people. The Trump White House, in order to show how successful this mission was, gave to the media videos, videos of evidence which they had obtained via this raid these, these documents, these intelligence documents, were very helpful and showed the, a purpose in the raid, so we know what they're doing. We got an update on everything here. It was worth our soldiers' life, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there was only one problem here, <laughs> as it turned out. You, you, can't, you can't pull anything over anyone's eyes anymore with, with TV today and the Internet. As it turns out, this video <laughs> was taken 10 years ago. In 2007, and the U.S. Central Command, the Army, gave it out to the Internet in 2007. This video has been on the Internet, if anyone wanted to see it, for the last 10 years. And it shows how you can make a, a bomb at home. That was the important intelligence information they obtained, how these people are sending out messages to people, how to make a, a, a bomb in their home. But that information had been on the Internet, provided by the United States government 10 years ago. So Trump's people, the military, they got caught with their pants down. Why should they even try this? This is so stupid what they did. And it was told to us on television, but nobody makes a big deal out of it. Uh, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Back during the Vietnam War, we had body counts. Uh, High-ranking officers, generals would say, we killed 210 Vietnam today. We got 180 Vietnam we killed in this raid. Well, it turned out to be bullshit. They weren't getting those numbers, but in order to justify 
their quote-unquote accomplishments, they were exaggerating and putting in numbers that weren't true. This reminds me of the body counts in the Vietnam War, which, with regard to this video that's 10 years old. Let's talk about the war with Iran, or the, the possibility of a war with Iran. I'm sorry. I'm concerned. Uh, and I'm cons- we just sanctioned Iran, not because they violated the nuclear treaty, but because they violated some rule of uh, the United Nations that we're a party to uh, with regard to missiles. So we, we punished them, and uh, we're sanctioning them. Big deal. Okay, now let me tell you why. Don't screw around with Iran on your, unless you really must. All right? Here's the situation. We're going to end up in a war with Iran. If you don't mind it, then there's no problem. But we all should try to avoid war. Iran is not a military power. They, they've, got, they've got planes. They've got ships. They've got an army. Nothing to compare to ours. Absolutely no question about it. We are so superior to them militarily. However... Iran is respected in the Middle East. Most of the Muslim leaders look to Iran as their leader, okay? Now, we screw around with Iran where we shouldn't, and I don't think we should have here. Then we're going to end up in a war with Iran, and they're not going to fight us. They're not going to come out and fight all our big ships necessarily and everything else. We're going to have a jihad, a religious war, and they're going to end up trying to beat us with 9-11s and Boston Marathons. That's how they're going to play the game. While we're, we're out there with our airplanes and big ships, they're just blowing people up here, there, and everywhere. So it's not a war we should encourage. And if we have a religious war, these people, I'm not exaggerating, they can go 100 years with a jihad. They're crazy. That does not mean I'm afraid of Iran. It means that we should pay attention to how we make our moves and exercise whatever we're going to do. And I thought this was a stupid move, increasing the sanctions on them. I want to talk about Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is a dangerous, dangerous man. Uh, I'll tell you what he is. Uh, he is the Rasputin of the Trump White House. Rasputin screwed the Tsarina, if you recall, in Russia. Bannon is screwing, not Trump, he's screwing the United States. And here's the situation. If you recall, during the campaign, Bannon was part of uh, Trump's team, and all of a sudden Trump had to remove him from the political team because Bannon, that came out, had ties to Russia, banking ties, business ties. This guy did a lot of business with Russia. So he was out of the picture. Trump gets elected, he's back in the picture. And now he's part of the close team in the White House surrounding Trump. He is chief strategist and senior advisor. Uh, in, in two weeks that Trump's been in office, it's reported that Bannon is the man who's running the White House team and is the man having the most influence over Trump and is actually leading Trump by the nose. My verbiage, he's leading Trump by the nose. Trump says, oh, no, I'm, I have, I'm the guy, but don't look that way. And in two weeks, Bannon's become a big man. He is on the cover today of Time magazine. In two weeks, he's on the cover of Time magazine. So you understand 
why I'm nervous about Lenin. I, I'm sorry about Bannon. In the New York Times on November 14, 2016, only what a few days after the election, there was a quote by by uh, Bannon, and the quote was, and I quote, Lenin. Remember Lenin, my friends, revolutionary, wanted to overthrow uh, the monarchy in Russia, which he did. Wanted to create a new government, a government of the people, which he accomplished. Here's what the quote says: Lenin wanted to destroy the state. And that's my goal, too. I want to bring everything crashing down and destroy all of today's establishment. What he means by establishment is this country. He wants to be like Lenin, bring the government down, destroy the existing establishment, and in effect recreate a new nation, a new government. Someone mentioned last week, and I can't recall who on TV, that... Bannon makes Cheney. Remember Cheney? Cheney was a bad vice president. Bush followed him, or Bush too followed him around for six years before he realized the guy was a danger to the country and was misleading him. Anyhow, someone said that Bannon makes Cheney look like Mother, Mother Teresa. Bannon makes Cheney look like Mother Teresa. And that's the guy in there uh, directing our president around by the nose. I want to talk now about protests. We have a lot of protests. I would not say we're a nation that protests that much, but all of a sudden, the last few years, we're doing a lot of protesting, and we have protests and demonstrations that are increasing and increasing in size and numbers all over the country. And thus far, there have been problems, but basically peaceful, I would say. The ones, most recent ones, peaceful. Well, that's today. Tomorrow they could be out of control and they could be violent. You can't have the numbers of people that are getting together in various cities in various numbers, increasing all the time, who are unhappy with Trump. That's what these, they're pouring out these protests and are ha unhappy with other things that the government is doing. And they want things changed. Eventually, things are going to get out of hand. Somebody's going to push somebody. A policeman's going to shoot someone. Or they're going to throw a rock and knock a policeman out. He's going to get a fractured skull. And before you know it, the police are going to have the, the missile launchers out. They got all this stuff now. We, we, we gave it to them, remember? They, they're going to get out all their military equipment. And the people in the street are going to have baseball bats and Molotov cocktails and rocks. And eventually they're going to have guns because guns are easy to buy in this country, as we all know. And we're going to have a war with our own people. We're going to have wars in this country. That's why I'm concerned. Our nation is split. We are out of control. Our leader, President Trump, is discombobulated. I think the man is deranged. We made a mistake in electing him, though I didn't vote for him. I won't. We're all part of the we. We elected him. He's our president. But you're going to think I'm a nut. But I, I see if the people persist in being unhappy with him. I don't care that he won. He really lost by almost 3 million votes. He, but he's our president, according to the rules. We could end up in some kind of a civil war here. Don't laugh at me. People are getting upset. Did you ever see people this violent over government, over our president? Uh, and a civil war of any nature here will end up in an international war. Uh, everything's ready to explode, not just in this country, worldwide. And I hope it doesn't happen.
but it could. And you've got to keep that in mind. Okay. Sanctuary cities. Uh, he's against sanctuary cities. He may be right here. I don't know. What's a sanctuary city? A sanctuary city is a jurisdiction that limits local law enforcement cooperation with federal immigration authorities. What does that mean? That's what I'm reading from the definition I picked up off the Internet. What it means is certain cities, some large, some small, uh, are going to say to immigration officials, we're not going to cooperate with you because people have been living in my city for 50 years. They never became citizens, but they have children, grandchildren, they have lives, they work, they pay taxes. We're not going to help you to disrupt these families. So we've created sanctuary cities by the cities merely passing a local ordinance. We are a sanctuary city. We will not cooperate. Well, Trump says that's wrong, and he's probably right. Everyone should obey the law. I can't argue this point. Uh, He should have left well enough alone. But we've got to get rid of all these people who don't belong here. And so now he's threatening to bring down the federal bureaucracy on these cities. Here's the situation. There are in this country 106 sanctuary cities. These cities receive a total of $27 billion each year. That's the average amount to 106 cities, $27 billion each from the federal government for whatever reasons. You have to appreciate some of these cities are much larger and you get a bigger buck than $27 billion. Some are smaller and they get a smaller buck. Okay? Now, Chicago, for example, gets $5.3 billion a year from the federal government, whereas Washington, D.C. only gets $2 billion a year. Uh, The sanctuary city is going to become a problem. Uh, He's got an executive order on that. You've got to stop it. I'm going to cut off your funding. And you can't do things this way. I mean, well, the people wanted them to bring change on, but you can't bring change into everything. And if you're going to change things, you better do them a step at a time, because if you don't, uh, you better have a big army protecting you, because the people are going to get pissed off, and that's going to happen in this country, and I think it is already happening. All right, I want to move on. I'm done with Trump. I want to move on to Chicago. I want to talk about deaths in Chicago. I want to talk about police suicides, and this is the primary reason why I'm talking about Chicago right now, police suicides. Uh, we have heard, i got to mention his name, Trump saying there's carnage occurring in Chicago. And he's right. People are getting killed in large numbers on the streets of Chicago. Uh, it's got to stop. <laughs> but at the same time, there's a lot of police deaths. And here's the story. Uh, and understand, Trump has threatened to send the federals, the federal government, into Chicago. What does that mean to me? He's going to send in some bureaucrats to look things over, but eventually he's going to send in the military. He's going to send in the National Guard. Can you imagine the National Guard troops going in on the back of trucks into the city of Chicago, tanks going in, missile launchers going in? This is the United States of America. But this is how a fellow like Trump will operate. Uh, In Chicago, whether you're black, white, Indian, Asian, I don't care, There are 760 deaths per year on an average. That's a lot, 760 deaths a year on the average. That is more deaths in one year in Chicago than New York and Los Angeles combined. Would you believe that? 
more deaths in Chicago in one year than New York and L.A. combined. Well, police officers are getting hurt, too. They're, there's two sides to every story. And I've been anti-police in my discussions, but this is a pro-police uh, situation now, this issue. Suicides. The suicide rate amongst policemen in Chicago is 60% higher, 60% higher than any other police department in the United States. Would you believe it? Now, why? Well, there are 13,500 police officers in Chicago. That's a big police department. And these police departments have psychologists who help the cops when they, they've got some mental problems over their work. They're called counselors. The city of Chicago, for 13,500 police officers who have to be screwed up mentally by the nature of their work, three full-time counselors, that's all. They have a backlog so huge that these guys, I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to kill my wife. These are police officers. They can't wait three, four months for, for their appointment and something bad happens. And on the other hand, there are officers who are ashamed to sit down with someone and say, I'm thinking of killing myself. I can't handle this shit. All right. Now, policemen in any community deal with crazies, crazy people, let's face it. But they can't be crazy if they're going to protect the crazies and help us against the crazies, make sure they don't affect us. Uh, but what does a police officer do? And I've done a little reading on this. Like the, the Chicago police officer who made a domestic call, a husband-wife beating situation. When, in, when he went in the apartment, he saw the baby covered in roaches. A baby covered in roaches. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, or a police officer who's out on a call, and he's just buried his own child. police officer just buried his own child and sees something that, in the course of his uh, duties, that triggers him. Uh, We've got to take a look at what's happening in Chicago. I agree 100%. The, the civilians being killed, the policemen committing suicides, it's a community out of whack. I'm afraid Trump will not know how to handle it, and we're going to end up with the military in there, the National Guard, and that'll be the worst thing to happen. But something has to be done. We should start and do something using federal people who can handle this situation, but not go so far as I think he would go. I want to talk about policemen again. I'm not going to be nice on this one. Standing Rock, remember Standing Rock? Uh, the Sioux Indians, they don't want the pipeline to be completed. They don't want it to go into the water. It'll affect their water. It's going through their uh, grounds, their, their burial grounds. They don't want any of this done. Uh, Obama put a stop to it. Before he went out of office, he signed something. He said, you can't do this. He put a stop. Well, just before he put the stop on, the local police at the sheriff's department brought in missile launchers. Missile launchers, which they got from the federal government through this program that's been going on for years where local departments can lease these things. And these are Sioux Indians. They look like they're Sioux Indians if you see the pictures of them. Uh, and <laughs> they've been suffering all winter. They're probably battling these people with, if they're going to have a war with rifles and handguns and maybe even bows and arrows. I'm not making up, uh, I'm not joking here. And the police, the authority are going to have missile launchers to use against them. 
what the hell are we coming to in this country? Uh, that's the story there. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. This week, Trump signed an order. This past week, Trump signed an order, an executive order, permitting Standing Rock and the Keystone Pipeline to proceed. The Sioux Indians say, with regard to Standing Rock, we're going to court, but you never know what the hell's going to happen. Uh, another bad situation, because the Sioux Indian are American citizens, too. They're like you and me. The Euro Union. They make me laugh. The Euro Union's been around for, what, 15, 17 years? Uh, they have 27, 28 member nations. And they have economic problems. When they got together and formed the Euro Unions, the strong countries like Germany, Germany's numero uno here, they're number one with the money, said, hey, we're all going to get together, and if one of the countries, some of you need some money, don't worry, we're going to pool our dough, we'll loan it to you. Well, they did, and some of these countries couldn't handle borrowing this kind of money. And so you got Greece, Italy, Spain, Portugal on the verge of collapsing. They want to leave the Euro Union like England did, but England didn't know money. They want to leave. And you know what the Euro Union says to Italy, for example? Sure you can leave, but first you've got to settle your bill. You've got to pay us what you owe us. The reason they're leaving is so they don't have to pay them this money. It's, it's a joke. Uh, there's going to be trouble over there because Germany will fail if any country leaves. And that will cause an international uh, recession. That's the story for this week. That's, that's my show for this week. Hope you have enjoyed. I enjoyed sharing these thoughts with you. Look forward to being with you next week. You watch the numbers on this show are getting terrific. Thank you for listening. I have advertisers. I love it. Uh, I'm doing a new show called Go Live on Facebook. Look for me several times a day. You'll see my face and hear me pontificate on some issue. Key West Lou. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.